Good morning, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back. Um, so yeah, life's been a little hectic lately, but I'm excited to be back here with you guys. Um, I love recording this podcast every week because it gives me a little break to just do, you know, something for myself and something for you guys. So um, this week, we're going to be talking about how to invest in yourself. Um, and this came up in a couple different ways in the last couple weeks. Um, but really, it's a it's a powerful conversation to have with yourself to prevent you from getting lost. So many people wake up and they're like, oh, I just, I don't know what happened along the way, but I feel lost. Like, I feel like I've lost myself, whether it's in the roles that we take on as parents, as partners, as at our jobs or whatever. But people wake up and they feel lost and they don't know how it happened. It happens gradually or it happens because we stopped doing one thing or another. So um, we're going to dive into this today. And again, I'd always love to hear your feedback, whether it's on Instagram or messages or whatever. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited. So let's talk about how to invest in yourself. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Owning Your Authenticity with me, Diana Terry. This podcast is all about breaking down the stereotypes we were raised with to create our real authentic life. We talk about every kind of relationship, life and business, creating worthy routines, setting boundaries, and leaning into that little voice that says, you are meant for more. If you've checked off all the boxes of what you were supposed to do, and you still feel like it's not right or not enough, then this podcast is for you. I know that your time is super valuable, so thank you for joining me, and let's get started. All right, so first of all, we gotta, we always got to talk about why, because the why, you know, is the base of all the things. <laughs> but when we talk about investing in ourselves, the why is so important, because investing in yourself is, is a core value that everyone deserves to have. And when, you know, when I talk about in all these other episodes, you know, going through writing down your core values, you need to be at the center of your core values. And there are obviously instances where there are other things at the center of your core values as well, whether you have a faith that you practice or, um, you know, your role in other people's lives as a, as a parent and things like that. Yes, those matter. But your core values are, are what matter to you as an individual, so sans all of those identities, your core values need to be about you. And I'm not saying it in a, a selfish, vain way. I'm not talking about like, oh, me above everyone else or, you know, I need to matter and everyone is two or step, three steps below me. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is valuing and prioritizing your relationship with yourself. Because at the end of the day, and I think I've said this before, you are the only person that you spend 100% of your time with. Not your kids, not your partner, nobody. You're the only person that you spend 100% of your time with. So that needs to be a really important relationship in your life. It really does. Like, yes, you're a mom, you're a wife, and you're a boss or a friend or whatever. But that relationship with yourself also helps determine how present you are in those other identities. So it's very, very important that you know who that person is so that when that person, yourself, shows up in those other roles, when I show up as a parent, I know what my core values are. I know where my, 
my hard boundaries are with my kids. I know where my hard boundaries are with my partner and who I choose to spend my life with or family members or even in business, especially in business. You have to have hard boundaries. And so many people think as an entrepreneur, you have to be a yes person. I truly believe as an entrepreneur, you have to be a yes person to your own motivations, but a no person to a lot of things. Because if you don't have boundaries set, especially being an entrepreneur, it's very, very easy to go down the wrong path. Not necessarily an unsuccessful path. There are many people who are very successful as entrepreneurs and don't know how they got there or it's not what they intended on doing, but they're making a lot of money. So it's like, why not do it? But that so often can lead to feeling lost. And that's what we're trying to avoid here today. So, and the last most powerful reason is, again, what I just said, it's one of the best ways to make sure we don't get lost. We just, we, we deserve to know who we are. We deserve to have a path. We deserve to know how we got there. So what we're talking about today, I'm going to do a little parallel to finance. Not, I'm going to tell you right now, I am in no way a finance expert. Um, but my future brother-in-law is uh, going into the finance field. He's very intelligent. And he and I were having a conversation one night about, I forget what he called it, but it's essentially a way where you have an initial investment and it's in the real estate market and you use this initial investment as a down payment on a house. And then you put a little more into it. So you do the down payment and then say, you know, a certain amount of money to fix up the house. And I, I don't remember the process, whether he said you rent it out or you sell it, but you, you get to the point where you pull out that same amount in equity. Yeah. So you keep the house, <laughs> you pull out that amount, your initial investment, say it was $60,000. If you can get the house to the proper way to rent it and everything, you pull out that initial investment, you keep the house, you rent it out, and then you use that investment, again, the same $60,000 that you first invested, and then you buy another house. And you do it again at another place. And then you get that house going. And then so then you have this accumulation of properties that are now working for you. And it's all based on that initial investment, that first jump, that first act of faith in yourself that yes, I'm going to spend this money. I'm going to make this investment. I'm going to do this so that it can turn around and work for me. I'm going to do all this work putting into it so that it can turn around and work for me over and over and over again. And when I heard that, it, I mean, obviously it made a lot of sense, but it also paralleled to me in a lot of the things that I think about, which are personal growth and, (laughs) you know, living your best life. And so I thought, how do we do that for ourselves on on a personal level? Um, and I mean, the first step to that is taking care of yourself. Obviously I did an entire episode on this. It's episode seven, how, like your personal self-care plan, how to build a personal self-care plan. Um, so, and that talks about your emotional health, your relational health, spiritual health, physical health, mental health. And, um, there's a free PDF. If you click the link in my Instagram bio on how to, you can self, develop your own personal self-care plan. Um, but I definitely recommend go listening to that. It goes into detail and it just, 
helps us take care of ourselves because all of those ways manifest in a physical way too. Your mental health can manifest physically and things like that. So go give that a listen. But some other ways that I wanted to bring up today about how to invest in yourself, not just to take care of yourself, but invest in yourself for growth. Invest in yourself to expand, to wake up when you're 80 and be really proud of the life that you lived. And the first one is to create a space to recharge. And I used to have that space. I mean, I love our home, but our home, you know, my work desk is four feet from my bed. We have a TV in the bedroom, which everyone says you're not supposed to do. You know, I I do have my little spaces. So like my side of the bed has stacked full of books and all of my random stuff on it. And <laughs> Amanda, who is my wonderful partner who loves to keep things clean. We had we made a deal. I said, okay, I need to have two places in the house that I'm allowed to be messy. And one is my nightstand. And one is my desk. <laughs> Other than that, I will pick everything up off the floor and do all the things. But um, it's so funny because that actually um, really gives me the freedom to know okay, I can recharge here. I can be myself here. I can I cannot pick up right after myself. Um, and that actually came to me, I read Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. And um, in it, she talks about, you know, that dynamic, which I think is present in most relationships where there's the, the one clean person and the one who's less than clean. Not that we're dirty, we're just not as organized about it, or it's not the first thing that comes to my mind. And so I read in the book, she was like, okay, every house that we've lived in, Barack Obama, he gets his corner, he gets his chair in his corner, and they call it the hole or whatever they call it. And that one corner of the house can be stacked full of books and legal pads where he writes his books on and everything like that. And that's just we accept it as what it is. And so I told Amanda, my fiance that and she's like, okay, I'll make the deal with you. You can have the nightstand and you can have the desk. (laughs) But it really is true. Um, another thing I heard about your space is uh, from Jay Shetty. If you guys don't follow him, he's fantastic. He wrote a book called Think Like a Monk. Um, but I heard him on a podcast and he was talking about how purpose and how every room in your house has a purpose. So obviously, like, you know, the shower is where you get ready for the day and and your kitchen is where you cook and your dining room is where you eat. And it's so funny because if you think about architecture and design that all of these rooms used to be individual before open floor plans became a thing. So every room had a purpose. This was the formal dining room. This was the living room. The den is where the kids watch TV, whatever. Every room had a purpose. And, you know, that that can fall short in many different ways, including like we live in a two bedroom house or in a two bedroom apartment with our two kids. And so, you know, we have to make do with the space as best as possible. So our desks are in our bedroom and, you know, our living room is next to our dining room and they're all kind of one big room. And it's just you do what you have to do. But if we don't take steps to create a space to recharge, how do you ever turn it off? If your work, like if my work, as it is right now, is in every room in my house, how do I ever recharge? So I was thinking about this this week because we're starting to gather moving boxes. We're moving in a few weeks um, and we're setting things up differently. Uh, Neither of us are going to have a desk in our bedroom for the first time in 
many, many years since I've started my business, I've always had my workspace in my bedroom. And this is the first time that's not going to be the case. It's going to have its own dedicated space. And my our bedroom is going to be just a bedroom. And I'm so excited for the possibilities of, you know, not like I would have to force myself to take my work into my recharge space instead of it just be there. So it's like, oh, I might as well work because my computer's right here. I might as well work because I'm in bed and my notes are right here. If I create a space that is intentional for my recharge, it's harder for me to force myself to work all the time. And it's easier for me to take care of myself because I've created a space that allows me to. So creating a space in your home, whether it's a corner, like it's one chair, it's even if that's the kitchen. I know for a lot of people, like cooking is their Zen time. They're like, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put my earbuds in. I'm going to cook dinner. And that's how I recharge. And that's what makes me feel good. And, you know, I spend a lot of time in the restaurant industry. So cooking is not I love cooking, but it's not always a recharge for me. It's exciting, but it's not a recharge. It's not my rest and recover and like get ready for the next day. So creating a space in your home, however big or small it is, that caters to recharging yourself, to investing in you being at your best when you wake up the next day is important and it can be a really valuable tool. Um, And the next one is daily goal setting. But I'm not talking about goal setting in a sense of like, okay, well, where can I be in five years? Let me break this down to five goals and then we break those goals down to littler goals and then I work on something for 10 minutes every day. Not that that's a bad plan, but that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm not talking about goal setting in the traditional sense. I'm talking about goal setting in a sense of, I want you to set a goal for how you want to feel at the end of the day. How do you want to feel when you get in bed and get ready to go to sleep that day? So do you want to feel like you've had a productive day? Do you have a lot going on at work this week and you need to feel productive at the end of the day? great, then that is your goal for the day. And then you can take that goal and write a plan for that day on how to do it. But if you want to turn around and say, okay, I don't work on Sundays. It's a Sunday. I want to feel rested at the end of the day. Okay, so what makes you feel rested? Does going to the gym and getting a workout in help you rest at night? Because I know that's the case for a lot of people. They don't sleep well unless they've worked out. Does gardening help you do that? Do you garden every Sunday and that like you pull the weeds and and you tend to your garden and that helps you feel rested at the end of the day and recharged? Or do you want to feel connected at the end of the day? I have those days where, yeah, I have laundry to do and I could clean the toilets and I could, you know, dust the house. But, you know, I only see my kids half the time. We have a 50-50 custody agreement with uh, their dad and it works really well. And so there are those days where I'm like, yeah, it's the weekend and I could totally get a lot of stuff done. But at the end of today, I want to feel like I connected to my kids. So we do something called the jar of adventure. And it was a cookie jar that I got many years ago. And we cut up little pieces of paper and we all get to write stuff to put in it. And I tell the kids, obviously, like, I have to make sure it's something that we can afford to do or that is logistical, like we can't fly to Florida or just randomly go to Disneyland. But I said, if it's something that I can do, we will. And then so on those days where I'm like, all right, you know what? 
I'm not doing anything. We don't have a plan. Let's pull from the jar of adventure. And we have to do everything that we pull, whether it's play a board game, go to the park, go to the pool, uh, picnic, bake cookies, whatever it is. We go for the jar of adventure and we just do it. And at the end of the day, I feel like I really got good quality time with my kids. I feel connected. So if we're setting a daily goal of how I want to feel at the end of today, like me, for example, today, I have uh, my first day of filming with a client for my business, and I'm very excited. This is a new big step in my my business and my company. And um, so at the end of today, I want to feel accomplished. That's what I want to feel today. And I'm going to go do that. Because I want, I know that at the end of the day, when I crawl into my bed with my little corner space that's meant for me to recharge and read my books and not think about anything, that's how I want to feel. So that's my daily goal today. And then tomorrow, it'll probably be to rest because today will probably wear me out. And then the next day, it'll be, I want to feel productive because I'm going to be in editing mode and things like that. So it's important. It's important to set a goal for how you want to feel at the end of the day. Like those things matter. And if you invest in that, if you invest in the mindset it takes to feel that way at the end of the day, it can really, really help you stay on track to be who you want to be and live all of your days, not just the goal days or the days you're working, living a life that you're proud of, living a life that fills you up and sustains you and and makes you want to keep going and find that next best thing. And and one of the last ways that you can do this is by checking things off your bucket list. Um, it's so funny because bucket list used to be something that people made when they retired. And they're like, okay, well, now that I, I don't work anymore, what do I want to do with my life? And, and you know, you know, many decades ago, that was the case. You got a job when you were young, you worked in a business, you worked your way up and you, you know, you spent 20, 30, 40 years at a company and then you retired and then you went and did all the things because you worked really, really hard your whole life. And that's just not the reality of the working world today anymore. I think employees are valued so much less nowadays and um, you have to constantly fight for yourself to find the next best thing, whether that's where you're at or it's the next step or it's a shift or a pivot or whatever. So your bucket list is no longer this thing you do that you squeeze into the last you know, 20, 25 years of your life. This bucket list is something that you do now. This bucket list is something that you create that you're like, okay, every year I'm going to check something off because I want those experiences throughout my entire life. And because we no longer work in this one size fits all job force, we can do that. You can do that. So when it comes to your bucket list, I mean, I've had mine for years. I actually first, I didn't have a bucket list until I was taking care of my dad. Uh, My dad got sick and he lived with me the last couple months of his life. And he, he sat down and we wrote him a bucket list one day. And we didn't check it all off, but we checked off the major, major things. My dad was a musician. He had recorded a CD years ago that he just paid for. He never like released it to anywhere except people that he knew. Um, But yeah, and my dad was also in AA. He was in recovery. And so he told me, he was like, okay, I want to have a concert. 
and I want to sell tickets and I want to share my story and my music with all the people that I love. So in nine days, we planned a a literal concert at the studio that he recorded his CD at. Um, Over 100 people came. We had people fly in from other states, drive hours to get here. We had it catered. And there was an entire thing. And he shared his story and he shared his music. And it was, I think, one of the happiest times I've ever seen my dad. And while he didn't check off everything on his bucket list, you know, I'm I'm checking some of those things off for him. He wanted to go see the Northern Lights. That's still on my bucket list. Um, but he definitely, when he passed away, felt like he had lived a very good life. He told me, he's like, you know what? Like, I could go any second now and I will be happy with the life I lived. And I want to be able to say that. But I don't want to wait until the end to do it when I'm sick or when I'm tired. Like, I have a chronic illness. I don't know how how healthy I'm going to be when I'm in my 60s. So I do these things now. So ever since then, I started a bucket list. Um, Most of mine revolves around food, to be completely honest. I'm like, I want to travel to this city to eat this chef's food, which I did actually last year. We went to Chicago and I got to eat um, the food of a chef that I've been following for many, many years. And it was the most amazing meal Um, the restaurant is called Ever and the chef is Curtis Duffy. I'll tag him in the show notes if you want to go see his food. It's phenomenal. But checking things off your bucket list is a is an entirely different feeling. It's it's not just like accomplishing a goal. It's a it's almost like you give your heart a little freedom every time you do it. A little more freedom, a little more like a tidbit of like, oh, what's next? A little bit of that adventure that I feel like all of our souls crave. And adventure can mean different things to different people. You know, like uh, many people think rock climbing is adventurous. I would, I get scared at rock climbing. So to me, that's not an adventure. But to so many people, it is. So you got to figure out what your adventure is. Write it down on a list. And go check some of them off. Check them off now. Check it off next week, next year. And if they're the bigger things, like a bigger vacation or stuff like that, then make a plan. If you're like, okay, obviously I can't afford to just get up and go right now. But if I want to take a week and go to Africa and go on a safari, set a goal for two years from now and then figure out how much it's going to cost and save a dollar a day or whatever you need to do. Set a plan to go check that bucket list off because the amount of fuel, the amount of return on investment that you get for checking things off your bucket list is astronomical. It fills you up in a way that other things just can't. It's it's just crazy. So, um, and you know, we talked a few episodes ago about how we make like our summer bucket list with our kids and we're doing seasonal ones. So one for the fall and things like that. Um, and we've love it. We've been, we've put ours on our fridge and you know, when we don't have any plans for the day, we go to our bucket list and we, we check something off. Yesterday, the kids baked cookies and brownies for first responders um, because we didn't have any plans and I had to work. And that's what they did with Amanda. And how cool is that for them to, you know, while Amanda's doing it, having a conversation with them for, you know, these are the people that put their lives on the line to save the rest of us when we have health issues or if there's a fire or whatever. Um, So it's so cool to see the impact you can have 
while doing these things, while checking things off the bucket list, while making these memories. But again, one thing you need to remember is that these are all investments in yourself. So when you make your bucket list, um, you know, like my bucket list has things that include my children, include my partner, things that I want to do with other people. But there's going to be things on my bucket list that don't align with Amanda's bucket list that don't align with bringing my kids or doing, you know, there's going to be things on there that are just for me. And that's okay. That's how it should be. It doesn't always have to be with someone else. It doesn't always have to be like, oh, everything has to be a family vacation. No, sometimes, you know, parents just need two days to themselves. Sometimes you need to go in a cabin. I did that one year. I went to Idlewild, California, which by the way, is a beautiful hidden gem. And I spent two days in a cabin by myself with my dog. I brought my books. I read. I took myself out to dinner with the dog. And I spent two days by myself. And it was the most amazing recharge. And it was a new place I had never been. So it checked something off the bucket list. And it's just amazing the value that you can gain from investing in yourself, from investing in the story of your life. Because really, every day that we live is just another page in this story that we're writing. So how many of those pages are going to be productive pages? How many of those pages are going to be connected pages? How you felt at the end of the day? How many of those pages are going to be restful pages? You get to decide all of that. I know for me, I spent a lot of time being a workaholic. So my book is already stacked. The story of my life is already stacked with stress and lack of sleep, insomnia, with um, unhealthy coping mechanisms, with um, just work, work, work at the expense of having those restful days, at the expense of creating those memories from my bucket list, at the expense of any sort of recharge, at the expense of my physical health, all of it. So now... I'm fighting to rewrite the next half of my book. I'm fighting to rewrite the next half of my book to balance it out from the fact that I was so lost for so long. And, you know, my hope is that someone can hear this before they're in their mid-30s, before they've worked away half their half their adult life and sit there and go, mm, I deserve to go make some memories. I deserve to go check some things off my bucket list. Say yes to that concert. Say yes to that trip. Say yes to taking some time off for yourself. Say yes to sharing a good meal with good friends. Say yes to taking time away from people if you need it. Say yes to yourself in every sense of the word. Because investing in yourself is the only way to truly prevent yourself from getting lost. If you invest in knowing who you are, if you invest in understanding your core values, if you invest in recharging yourself, setting those goals for how you want to feel at the end of the day. You're going to wake up when you're in your 80s and go, dang, I, man, I, I did my life the way I wanted to do it. I did my life well. I had an impact. I feel good about every story I get to tell, you know, my kids, my grandkids, my, my friends, whatever. You get to wake up every day proud of what you did and proud of who you are. And, you know, not to say that you won't get lost along the way, because I really do think everybody deals with that and everybody struggles with that at some point. But to wake up and and feel like you're not writing a list of regrets, you're writing a list of experiences and memories 
would be such a beautiful, valuable thing. And I think that we all deserve that. So those are my ramblings for the day um, on (laughs) how to invest in yourself. You know, create a space to recharge, set daily goals of how you want to feel at the end of the day, and literally write down a bucket list and start checking things off. Why not? Why not? You only get one life. You only get one chance to live this life. Why not do it the way that makes us feel the best and the way that makes other people, you know, feel good about themselves? Why not? We can and we should. So if you found any value in this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would screenshot and share. Tag us on Instagram or Facebook at Owning Your Authenticity. You can also visit my website. Um, If you want to get in touch with me, you can send me messages, emails, whatever you want to do. But ultimately, I hope that you found some value in this and I hope you go on to have a beautiful rest of your day. Thank you. Mm -hmm.